Take away the world's desires when we pray. Holy Spirit, lift us higher when we pray. When we pray. When we pray. Let it not be for a season when we Wisdom and not reason when we pray. Let your name be our petition when we pray. When we pray. When we pray. 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 Lord, show us the way.
battle-ready prayer. Praises be to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Holy One of Israel, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I give you thanks and praise for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. I give thanks for a mind to pray, a heart to seek your face, and authority to bring my members into subjection. I thank you for this moment and the opportunity that each day brings. I know that each day is special and I am empowered with unlimited potential. There are no ceilings on my life, obstacles that cannot be overcome, or barriers that can stand in my way. In fact, this is the greatest day of my life, and I am free to exercise all of the gifts and talents you have blessed me with. My hopes and dreams can manifest today, and I approach this moment with great expectation for miracles, breakthrough, and deliverance. I stand before you, Lord, naked, offering no excuses or justifications for my shortcomings and weaknesses. I come, Lord, seeking your standard and not those of men. I pray that you will forgive me my sins, known and unknown. Forgive every thought, deed, action, motive, or intent of my heart that is not lined up with your word, your will, or your calling and purpose for my life. Please forgive secret faults and uproot any seed of discontent that has been planted in my life. Forgive me, Lord, if I have held back the tide, and give me a heart to restore every person that I have wronged. Just as you forgive me, I forgive those that have wronged me, and I let go of any art, bitterness, or ill will that I have held in my heart. I will not allow sin and bitterness to cut off the flow of blessings into my life. I repent right now in the name of Jesus, and I receive the power of the blood to cleanse me from all iniquity. I come before you, Lord, with a heart that is after your own, and a mind that has stayed on you. I thank you, Lord, for saving me from myself and the consequences of sin. I surrender, Lord, and give you total and complete reign over my life. I willingly submit to you in thanksgiving and praise. I thank you, Lord, for the relationship and fellowship that you have allowed me to share with you. I thank you for every moment, prayer, word, and opportunity to gain revelation and understanding concerning you. Forgive me for the times I have taken you for granted or moments where I have allowed my focus and discipline to slip. I choose you, Lord, and all of your benefits and denounce all ties and fellowship with the world. I have no place in the world and denounce everything that it offers. You have given me a choice, Lord, and I choose to be in covenant with you. I have crossed the line of no return, and I will not look back. Each day I am getting more and more like you and growing further and further from this world. My reality in Christ is more real than what my natural eyes behold, and I know that you are not a million miles away. You are right here with me every step of the way. I will have confidence in you, Lord, concerning every situation I face, every decision I make, and every temptation in my path. Give me an ear, Lord, to hear your instruction, eyes that will not be deceived, and a heart that will remain faithful. My life has been built on the foundation that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You died on the cross for my sins and your blood was shed for me. I exercise total faith and confidence in my belief that death was powerless to hold you in the grave and that you rose again and resurrected every dead thing. I receive your resurrection power and declare that there is no dead thing in my life. I speak life in all things pertaining to me. Even now, Lord, I pray that you will breathe life into my relationships, my home, my dreams, my career, and my calling and purpose. Let there be no cracks in my foundation and restore every bone that has been broken. I pray, Lord, that dead branches be pruned for me and my harvest bear much fruit. I offer no resistance and pray that all ungodly distractions be pruned for me, whether they are people, 
unhealthy relationships, environments, dead situations, ungodly influences, or anything that is not expedient for me. I distance myself right now from every dead thing and release them from my life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that I have inherited life through your sacrifice, forgiveness for my sins through your blood, revelation through your word, and I have been empowered by your spirit. I take precious time, Lord, to fully grasp and consider what my relationship with you means. Help me to never lose sight of the fact that I have an adversary that must be fought each day. My adversary is the world and Satan, who is the prince of this world. The world around me is not my home, and each day it becomes more a reflection of Satan, its prince. I am not ignorant to Satan's devices, and I understand that the world is designed for my destruction. The allurement of pleasure and the temptations that cross my eyes are for the purpose of robbing me of everything I have inherited through Christ. Every trap, every lust, and the pride that is in the world are set against me on all sides. The hope that I have is in patiently walking according to your word and staying firm to the covenant I have made with you. The world cannot strip me of my authority, but I can hand it over. I will not be deceived by what I see, hear, or how I feel. If it is not of God, then it is for my destruction. Help me, Lord, to see the spirit behind the temptation. The word tells me that Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that I might have life and have it more abundantly. I rebuke and bind every influence that seeks to draw me away from you. For it is nothing more than a gateway to hell and will rob me of my eternal destiny. Father, I know you are able to do all things, and there is nothing that is impossible for you. Right now, Lord, I remember my first love, and I am prepared today to exercise faith in the light of circumstances. Sacrifice my own wants and desires in order to embrace yours. Stand on the word of God, even if it causes me to be peculiar. Deny my flesh and feelings, regardless of the temptation, and not make decisions based on what I see or think. I will forget about the past and press towards the mark. I will walk as a prophet of God, put my head up, and if anybody is there to encourage me, then I will encourage myself. I will not be ashamed to follow the examples of Christ, even in the face of persecution, to think differently in the light of the negative labels and slander I may endure. Nor will I be afraid to take a stand in the minority, even if it seems as if the whole world is standing against me. I am willing to abstain when others are eager to participate, to speak out when my words may cause me to be ostracized, and to believe the Bible even when it is the unpopular thing to do. In other words, I am prepared to live like Jesus. I release my faith right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever situation I'm in, whatever I'm dealing with, and regardless of what odds are against me, I will be steadfast and unmovable. I am an elite company and encompassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. The words of this prayer will comfort me, build up my spirit, man, and encourage me in the way. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down Satan and his forces of darkness from any involvement, activity, or distractions in this prayer. I commission my angels to come against every thought, feeling, influence, and hindrance that is set against me. I stand in the gap for my family and friends and pursue the Lord with all of my heart. Even as I hear the words of this prayer, my body is regenerating itself. My body is preparing itself for another productive day. My body is developing according to your plan and health is being released in all of my organs, tissue, bones, bodily systems, veins, arteries, and muscles. My brain is processing the information consistent with your word and filtering out everything that is not of you. My heart is being protected from all ungodly influences, and my innocence is being guarded. I have and will always have a sound mind that is saturated in your word. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, 
I rebuke evil spirits from attaching to me in any way, shape, or form. They have no place, familiarity, or invitation in my life. They do not enter into my eyes, my ears, my mind, or my heart. My spirit, man, has victory over them all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down, and break all generational curses. I decree by the blood of the Lamb and the power given to me as joint heir with Jesus Christ that I will not be the victim of physical, mental, or emotional abuse, nor will I have, serve, or entertain idols or false gods. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I decree that I am not a covenant breaker, and my yea is yea and my nay is nay. I pray, Lord, that you protect me from all hurt, harm, pain, and danger, and those that mean me ill will. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have the patience of Job, the meekness of Moses, the heart of David, the favor of Joseph, the ear of Samuel, the courage of Joshua, the wisdom of Daniel, the zeal of Peter, the love of John, the faithfulness of Abraham, and the boldness of Paul. I abide in the fruits of the Spirit all the days of my life, and even now these fruits are growing in me. Lord, help me to be a person of great faith, consistent in good deeds, and a constant encourager. I will continue to love you with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and to love my neighbor as myself. In the name of Jesus and the power of your blood, I pray, Lord, that you are first in everything that I do, and I have no priority greater than you all the days of my life. I am eternally connected to you and have an expectation in heaven. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that my face be before the Lord always and that your angels encamp around me and deliver me. Order my steps in the word and design my days according to your will. The Lord touches my mouth and puts his words in it. Lord, I will go wherever you send me and speak whatever you give me to speak. I am not afraid of their faces because your sword protects me at all times. Father, you are my sustainer, my provider, my comforter, my guide, my strength, and most of all, my friend. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I equip myself right now with the whole armor of God that I am covered from head to toe in every aspect of my life. There should be no parts of my life that are exposed on the inside or out, but all should be covered by the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I put on the helmet of salvation. I have been redeemed from all traces of poverty, and I rebuke and bind a poverty spirit. You supply all of my needs, and I am blessed all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus, I speak abundant harvest in my life. My bank accounts are overflowing, and my barns are full. The blessings of the Lord overtake and pursue me all the days of my life. I speak financial security and wholeness over my family and the perfect will of God in my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and curse the spirit of death. I shall not see untimely death, nor shall death have any hold over me. I shall fulfill all of my days, months, hours, years, minutes, and seconds. I have divine order in my life, and death has no grip on me. A thousand shall fall by my side, and ten thousand by my right hand but it shall not come nigh me. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, my feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Peace rests upon me and covers my mind and heart. I have peace in the midst of storms, chaos, and confusion. Your peace comforts me in times of trial and sustains me from being weary. It surpasses all understanding, rendering logic helpless, and my faith sustains me. Father, you are an awesome God. You are not a million miles away, but right here with me each and every day. You walk with me, talk with me, and guide me every step of the way. You love me, and I rest in you, and I know that you are my God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have been empowered with the sword of the Spirit, and I have authority over all power of Satan. I rejoice and celebrate that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
The sword of the Lord shall never depart from me, and I speak boldness into my spirit. I rebuke, bind, and cast down the spirit of fear. You have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When I walk through the waters, you are with me. When I go through the rivers, you help me. And when I pass through the fire, the flame does not kindle upon me. You have sent your love upon me, and you protect me all the days of my life. The hedge of protection rests on me, and your fire shall be in my spirit. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, the shield of faith is an extension of my arm. My faith shall not fail me, and I trust in the Lord with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. If you said it, then I know that you will do it. You shall not withhold any good thing from me, and you are able to perform your word in my life. I fortify my faith by releasing the promises of God into my life. Every word you have spoken concerning my destiny shall be established and come to pass, and my enemies shall not prevail against me. In the name of Jesus, I pray over my marriage. I pray that my marriage will continue to be everything that the word of God called it to be. My marriage shall be built on faithfulness, trust, loyalty, and a mutual love of God. You shall be the head of my house, at the center of everything we do, and the word of God shall be the binding and final authority in all matters. I am God's ambassador in my house, and I shall cover my spouse all the days of my life, through my word, examples, character, and deeds. My marriage is blessed and washed in the blood, and shall weather any challenges that arise against it. Our love continues to grow stronger each day as the Lord allows us to see more of him in one another. If I am single, then I confess total contentment within myself, wholeness in my life, patience to wait on God, and security in Christ. I am a person of high self-esteem and significant value to the kingdom. I will not compromise my covenant with God, nor will I allow fear to cause me to operate in the fleshly realm. I exercise complete and total control over my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I do not leave any doors open for Satan to sneak in. I understand that every relationship is not for me. Every person does not have my best interests. All that glitters isn't gold, and every sugary thing is not sweet. In the name of Jesus, I will not be distracted by counterfeits and wolves in sheep's clothing. I will not lower my biblical expectations, nor will I give in to the pressures of the world. I have total confidence in God and the plan that he has for my life. In the name of Jesus, I surrender my children to you, Lord, and trust you to impart me with the ability and wisdom to raise them in the fear of the Lord. I make a commitment to my children to openly receive the instruction in your word on how to raise them, love them, and properly present them before you at that day. I pray that your calling and purpose will be fulfilled in them and ask that you guide and direct me in all matters concerning them. I shall be careful to represent you before them in everything that I say or do. I commit to live holy before them and set godly examples for them to follow. I shall not be a hypocrite, and I shall practice what I preach. I shall be a provider and protector for them and make whatever sacrifices are necessary to ensure them a wonderful life. I shall fight to preserve their innocence and protect them from the brainwashing of the world. My expectation in them shall come to pass, and the blessings set out in your words shall be established in them. My children shall see you in everything that I say and do. In the name of Jesus, I seal my soul to the words of this covenant, that it is the declaration of my heart, that every word be lined up with the perfect will of God and line by line with his understanding. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be the final arbitrator of my mind and heart, and that this covenant be in all ways pleasing in the sight of God. I thank you, Lord, that you love me and that you hear me. I thank you, Lord, for a mind to share intimate fellowship with you. I thank you that these words shall be established in my heart and mind, that they shall be a part of me and guide and direct my paths at all times. 
I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and this second chance. I look forward to your return, and I know that nothing that I have done or sacrifice has been in vain. Thank you for this life, who I am in Christ, and for all blessings you have bestowed upon me. Amen. 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 Powerful prayer. Welcome, welcome, welcome. to LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in time Bible study. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> so yeah. we're going to be talking about tonight, get your Bibles ready. Because we're going to be talking about fighting with all our um, might. With all you got. With fighting. all you have. Because you know, if you are walking in Christ, it is a, a struggle. It's a battle. It's a battle. It's a struggle. So we're going to talk more about how to fight. Yes. Fighting with all our might. Because you're a battlefield. Yes. Yes, you are. Yes. You just heard him pray that battle-ready prayer. Yes. And he's explaining to you, even in the prayer, some of the things that you will need. Yes, that you will be involved in this battle. That's right. We're going to start in the New Testament in Colossians chapter 1, verse 29. Colossians, with a C, chapter 1, verse 29. For this I labor unto weariness, striving with all the superhuman energy which he so mightily enkindles and works within me. Yes. Some Bible says it different. That was the Amplified Version. You also got the NIV says, I work hard with all the strength of Christ. His strength works powerfully in me. There you go. There you go. So, you know, we're we always coming with a little story. You want to go say something before I come with the story? Well, yeah, yes. Just remember, if you try to fight in your strength, you won't last very long. But if you let God fight through you, it's forever strength. Never give up. Amen. Amen. So this story is two people were invited to be guests on a talk show. One of the guests was a man. The other guest was a woman. Now each one of them had a child who had been killed. 20 years before the woman's son was killed. The woman continued to feel angry at her son's killer after all these years. The man had a daughter who was killed only a few years earlier, but the man was not angry at his daughter's killer. So the man said that he forgave the killers. The man also said that God changed his hurt into a blessing. Yes, the man's pain was terrible, but the man became an example of how God can bring healing to the worst times in our lives. Right. Amen to, Amen that. to that. And I know so many people have been through that. And some people have been angry for years, but God can heal and put forgiveness in your heart even for them. 
Yes. That done the killing. And by doing that, it's healing for you. Exactly. As well as healing for the soul. Amen. Because if you don't let forgiveness, you destroy body and soul. Exactly. So the question is, how can two people who have the same experience act in different ways? And how does spiritual change happen in the life of a Christian? Well, and how does spiritual change help a person grow stronger during tests, all the tests that we're going through, so that he or she is not destroyed by them? Well, I found out if you look at the cross, mm, watch it, man. Look at the cross and see what you did to Jesus, and He forgave you because look what He did for you. He Father, went, forgive them for they know not what right. they do. Father, wow. forgive them for they not know what they do. And he died on that cross for you and I. Even though in our sin, he went to the cross for us. Then who are you or I not to forgive someone else? You know what? That is correct. We're going to also look at that biblically. Okay. We're going to look in John chapter 16. John 16. Starting with verse 5. We're going to read a little bit of John 16, starting with verse 5. Okay, verse 5. John 16, verse 5. But now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts, taking complete possession of them. However, I am telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, good, expedient, and advantage for you that I go away, because if I do not go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, and standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be close, be in close fellowship with you. Mm -hmm. Verse 8, we're going to continue to read a little more. And when he comes, he will what? Convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin and about righteousness uprightness of the heart and right standing with God and about judgment about sin because they do not believe in me or trust in rely on and adhere to me about righteousness uprightness of heart right standing with God because I go to my father and you will see me no longer about judgment because the ruler, evil, genius, prince of this world, Satan, is judged and condemned and sentence already is passed upon him. 
I have still many things to say to you, but you are not able to bear them or to take them upon you or to grasp them. And in verse 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth given spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth, the whole full truth. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him. He will announce and declare to you the things that are to come, that will happen in the future. Amen. So, who's the spirit of truth? Okay. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. That's so, when the, the spirit yeah. of truth comes, it will lead you to all truth. That's why he had to go. Exactly. That's why he had to leave, so the spirit of truth could come. Yep, you're right. He had to go for that reason. He had to leave so the Holy Spirit could come. Otherwise, it would not have came. That's what we have to guide us, to show us the right and the wrong way to go, to walk, to talk, to speak, to act, to conduct ourselves. Right. So, have you ever prayed, please, God, make me good? But then nothing changes. How is it possible for us to pray for God's mighty power to work in our hearts, but then our lives stay the same? Well, we know that God freely offers us the power to change our lives. We really want this change to happen too, but then our lives don't change in the way that matches what God offers us. So why? But we know the reason is simple. Yes. Yeah, very simple. The Holy Spirit has the power to change us, but our choices can limit what God can do for us. Us, that's right. Our choices, what we choose. We still have a will. That's right. God do not force us to go against our will. Because the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. That's right. So and we choose not to accept the truth and receive that lie and believe that lie and do one lie, live a lie, teach a lie, speak a lie, then, hey, the Holy Spirit will let you do just that. Right. Because, see, the Holy Spirit shows us our sins, but he can't force us to stop sinning. That's true. The Holy Spirit also can show us the most important Bible truth about God, but the Spirit can't force us to believe or obey it. That's right. I mean, it's like you read a book. What you read may be the truth, but the book can't force you to receive it. Or believe it. Or use it. Exactly. So what if God forced us to do something? Then we're not free. We don't, don't have a free will. We don't have a free will. This is what Satan accused him of. That's right. So Satan can then accuse God of forcing our minds and hearts to serve him. him. There you go. This is what he accused him of from the beginning. 
a exactly. God that was forceful, a God that made us serve him, a God that made us love him, a God that forced us to do everything. And God said, that is not true. And also, God, he can accuse God of cheating in a worldwide war between good and, and evil. evil. When this war started in heaven. That's right. It, and it was not true. It was not true then. It's not, not true, true now. now. Exactly. That's what we got to remember. Satan also, well, God the Father didn't force Satan or any of the angels to believe that he was good. God didn't force the angels to stop sinning. So in the Garden of Eden, God warned Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. But God didn't stop Eve and Adam from making the choice to obey him. No, he gave he, them the choice. They had free will. He had free will. He told them what not to do, but he didn't force them not to do it. He told them, get them a choice not to eat of it. But they chose to eat. That's right. Okay? Adam and Eve made right. the choice to disobey him. That's right. God laid the law there and say, here it is, do or do not. And they chose to do it. And God won't act any different today with us. That's right. So the Spirit shows us the Bible truth about God and sin. Then the Spirit says, I showed you truth. What will your answer be and what will you do now? Right. The there's truth, there's good I lie, mm -hmm. there's good, there's evil. Correct. Which do you choose? It's, it's still there. my choice. It's still your choice. It's both put before you. Satan put a lie. The Holy Spirit put truth. Now, you choose. No one is forcing you to choose evil. You make the choice. You make the choice. You make the choice. So there you are. It's left up to you to choose whichever that you want. And you know, and uh, we're going to go back to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to read verse 28. We read 29, but we're going to go and read verse 28 okay. as well. Uh, we're Colossians chapter 1. 1, 28. Okay. Verse 28. Him we preach and proclaim warning and admonishing everyone and instructing everyone in all wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purpose of God, that we may present every, person's, every person mature, full-grown, fully initiated, complete and perfect in Christ. So, what is your biggest success? It's a good question. Chances are you did not achieve this success simply by rolling out of bed one morning. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That's so true. We didn't. No, we didn't. So, if we want to achieve something important in life, we must work hard. Work at it. 
We gotta work we at gotta it. Work at it. You worked how many years? I worked thirty six years. On a job and you received a reward That's in the right. end. In the end. This is what we have to do. You must work at your castle in heaven all your life. Success, it takes time it takes and time. effort. It's not something you get overnight. No. You don't become a Christian overnight. You work at it. It's a process. You spend your whole your life, life working at changing who you are. Amen. The Holy Spirit works in you. It's a lifetime job. Those that say, I'm a Christian. I know I know God. God know me. Let me tell you what. The devil got you fooled. Because it's a work. We are work in progress day after day. day. Tomorrow day. is day after, after day, day. And it continues until you are laid to rest. That's in other right. words... It is a struggle. It's a struggle. So, like he said, success takes time and effort. Our serving Jesus is no different at all. Because if it wasn't, God wouldn't take you at the end. What did he tell us? Those that will endure to the end, the same shall be saved. saved. So, so, we have to endure all these battles until the end. That's right. To make sure we are Saved. And what did he say? So we're continually being saved. He tell you, job. Well done, my good and, and faithful, faithful servant. servant. That means you have made that battle all the way to the end. You didn't give up. You fought to the end. So it's not a job that you do overnight. It's not a job that you finish at the end of the year. It's a job you fight until you close your eyes. And you're right. We're going to look at um, the Old Testament first in Deuteronomy 4.4. Because the question is, Paul talks about God working in him. At the same time, what part does human effort have in Paul's success in the work he does for God? Deuteronomy 4.4, and then we're going to go to the New Testament. Okay. Deuteronomy 4-4. But you who clung fast to the Lord, your God, are alive, every one of you this day. day. All right, this so day. So we're going to go to New Testament. Luke. We're going to Luke chapter 13. And verse 24. Luke 13, 24. Okay. Are you there? I'm here. Strive to enter by the narrow door. Force yourself through it. For many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. All right. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 25. Now, every athlete, you, you there? I'm there. 
Now, every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither. But we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. One more. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 4. Okay, Hebrews. Hebrews 12 and verse 4. Hey. You have not yet struggled and fought agonizing against sin, nor have you yet resisted and withstood to the point of pouring out your own blood. Wow. 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 So Paul talks about his work for God. Now do that sound like do that sound like that overnight? No. Do that, that sound like that's that? That's some struggling. Yeah. That's some striving. That is a battle yeah. every day. Yeah. That don't sound like that. that's a weekend job or a year job. That sounds like that's a lifetime struggle. Yeah, because Paul talks about his work for God. He says that he works and fights hard to bring people to the Lord. That is the truth. It takes time. We know that for a fact. It takes a lot of praying. takes a lot of encouraging people. Patience. It takes a lot of patience. Because it is a battle. Because here's the problem. The devil is not going to let you out without a fight. The devil Believe it. is not going to let you out without a fight. And if you're trying to show somebody the light, he's going to pull you into the dark. He's going to try to fight you as you are praying for those that want to come to Christ. Or even those that are struggling trying to make the decision. That's why Paul has such a fight. Paul says that God's power helps him to do this work. That's why Paul told the Lord, Lord, that I know to do, I don't do. That I know not to do, I do. I do. I am what? Forever. Sin is ever before me. Forever before. If I say the devil going to keep you in the dark because he wants you to be blind so you can't help nobody else. But God said, no. This is my man, and I'm going to keep light before him because he's trying to help someone else see the light. Exactly. The devil is going to fight you to the end. He's going to fight you and fight. So don't think because you're living for God, it's going to be easy street. He said it's not going to be easy. And you know the word written as work, as we read in Colossians chapter 1 verse 29, means to grow tired and to work until you too tired to do any more work. Right. If you have an easy street living from God, you ain't doing that. You're right. Cause you, you, ain't, with- you ain't doing nothing but going to church. And that's <laughs> it. But and if you true. out there saving souls, helping souls find their way to Jesus. Find their way. Find their way. The devil going to beat you over, under, and out. That's right. Because you know Paul's time 
used this word, talked about athletes, just like we was reading during their training. The word written as struggle or fight can mean to suffer much. Suffer much. That's right. If suffer the, much. If the devil see you trying to help somebody out of darkness into the light, he going to beat you up. I mean, you think uh, Muhammad Ali got beat. You ain't got that's right. You ain't seen no beating yet. So, you know, that's correct. So these two words show us a picture of an athlete working hard to win. But then Paul adds another part to this picture, and that part is God. Paul fights and works hard with all that he has, but Paul also fights hard with everything God gives him. Everything. So everything that God gives him. So we can see that Paul's work for God is done with God's strength. That's right. God's strength, not yours. God's God. strength. All things work what? Together for the good for those of us who love the Lord and are called according to his pur purpose. That's right. And that's Romans 8, 28. Uh, his purpose, not his yours. Purpose. His. That's where your strength comes from. From God. That's why you're able to keep on going and going and going and going like that ever-ready battery. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you know, Paul uses his own personal effort and human strength, but he understands that real strength comes from God. That's right. That's where it comes from. And when uh, you think you're doing it on your own, then God will back up and let you see where it's coming from. That's right. He'll let you see. When he back up, you weaken. Because when we are weak, God is strong. strong. Amen. That's right. And we're going to take a quick break and come back with more of this fight. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in time Bible study.
just ain't one. There just ain't one. There just ain't one. Although they've said a snare trap. Right. Amen. Amen. Sorry about that. It kind of cut off, but love that song. I love that song. There ain't no weapon. No weapon that is performed against us shall prosper. That's right. If you just joined us, you're listening to Fighting With All Our Might on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in Time Bible Study. Study, yeah. You know, we live in a time when most people want more and more, but they want to work less to get it. <laughs> amen, amen. <laughs> so that's sad. So this idea has come also into Christianity, too. Yes. Some Christian preachers promise that all you need to do is believe in Jesus. Then God will pour the Holy Spirit on you. Yes. But the Spirit will give you power to do miracles. But this teaching is only half true. It causes people to think that we just need to wait for God's power to change us. We don't need to do anything. We just need to sit back and wait for the change to happen. And what did Paul just tell you? And that's, that's not, not true. true. Paul <clears throat> no. said you have to fight. You have to fight. You have to be obedient. You have to obey Amen. the commandments. God said, if you love, love me, me, keep my commandments. That's the way, one of the ways you get the Holy Spirit. The other way... <clears throat> You have to faith. ask for the you Holy Spirit. Ask. There it is. Okay? Those are two of the ways you get the Holy Spirit. You obey obedient to God's Word, and then you pray for the Holy Spirit, and you get the Holy Spirit that way. You don't just sit back and, and, wait. and wait and God dump it on you. It don't it's work fighting. that way. That's right. You got to do going. some fighting. That's right. Let's go to 1 Peter okay. chapter 1 and verse 13. 1 Peter, because we're talking more about this fight now. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13 says, So brace up your minds. Be sober, circumspect, morally alert. Set your hope wholly and unchangeably on the grace of divine favor that is coming to you when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is revealed. So God has made us free to choose. So one of the biggest enemies of our free choice is our own feelings. Every day, the picturing ads and the music all around us cause us to feel angry, fear, or even think about sex. This is what they do. This is what all this stuff do. And think about that paycheck. Think about how much money you got. Think about losing your job. All those things is, all, <clears throat> is more important than thinking about what? Jesus. That's right. We think about all the worldly things and God is put on the back burner. Because of those feelings. See, oftentimes we feel. You ever say we feel, feel and think things 
without being aware of what's happening to us. So how often do we think? Right. What do I want to eat for dinner? Right. What I want to do today? What I'm going to do. So we're thinking all the time. Do I feel we, good about buying this or that? We get up in the morning. Thinking. Before we even say, thank you, Jesus, for this day of life that you have given right. me. We get up in the morning wondering about what we're going to eat. Yep. Sure what we're going to do today. Where am I going? Who am I going to call? Before we even thank Jesus for opening our eyes. So, in other words, you're saying feelings are a big part of our decision-making. Many, many of our feelings are not bad, but how I feel about something may have little to do with what is right or best. That's right. Amen. So, our feelings can lie to us. A human heart is more dishonest than anything else. It can't be healed, and we can understand that. Let's look in Jeremiah 17, 9, All in the right. Old Testament. Jeremiah 17, 9. Looking in <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things, and it is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely mortally sick who can know it perceive or understand or even be acquainted with his own heart and mind that's right i mean it's just so wicked that we desperately don't, wicked we, deceitful we don't know what it may do what it may think what it's feeling Let's know what it may say. So, in other words, our feelings can cause us to have a false picture about life. Our feelings can also cause us to make bad choices. Well, these choices can cause us to what? Suffer. And sin. There it is. Sin. Exactly. It, that's the number one thing it can cause us to do. Of all things, sin. That's it. Because it's a selfish heart. Self-centered, prideful, deceitful, that <laughs> Do we don't I, even know. Did you hear? Say it was again. Deceitful, prideful. That's three sins right there. Mm -hmm. Self-centeredness. <laughs> Four. See, you already done sin right there. And you ain't did nothing to nobody but yourself. <laughs> Those wow. are sins right there. See? You did that, that, that. That sin right there within yourself. Exactly. See, sin. That's yeah. why we need Jesus. Exactly. You know, Peter understood that the mind controls the body. So when we don't control our thoughts, we will be controlled by our feelings. That's right. Make and, it, huh? And our feelings is what gets us in trouble. Because That's the feelings right. control the plus. And the plus desires the world and the things of the world. God has nothing to do with us when we like that. Exactly. So we need we need to get control of our feelings and find Jesus 
so that the Holy Spirit can tell us what to think and what to search for and what to ask for. Exactly. And you know, just like you're saying, we have to read the word. We're going to go to Matthew 5, 29. Okay. So, it's important that we take the scripture. 5, 29. Chapter 5 and verse 29. And here's what Matthew 5, 29 said. If your right eye serves as a trap to ensnare you, or is an occasion for you to stumble and sin, pluck it out <laughs> and throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be cast into hell. And the reason why he says it like that, because what do we do? If these eyes look at something lustful, what happens? We get caught up in... What we feel. Right, what we feel. You know, that feeling, yeah. oh, this looks good. Yeah. But is it good for you? Is it right? And then we make that decision and realize that's the worst decision we could have ever made. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. we're going on feelings again. Exactly. See, and it's the so deceitful. See, we gain, we'll gain... 30 pounds because something looks good, tastes good, feel good going down. But it's not good. But it's not good because it's putting on weight. And weight causes high blood pressure, diabetes, and everything else. Yes, it does. It causes the whole body to be sick. That's right. So okay. Jesus asks us to give up only the things that are for our own good. That's right. Jesus well, does not ask us to give things up because he wants to make our lives difficult. Sometimes we need to take a strong action because we have gotten so far away from God's plan for us. And that's true. And then, you know, sometimes we say, how do I get so far away from God? We drift and drift and drift. Well, we get so far away from God. Because we don't know God's plan for us. Just like he said, just one thought, See? one action at a time. Yes. One thought, one action at a time. The, the more you make wrong decisions, the more you're going to continue to make to wrong decisions. To drift away. That's how See? it happens. See? So know what God's plan is for you. Then you can make better decisions. And when you don't know his plan, then you lean into your own understanding. There you go. So learn God's plan that's for you, and you'll make better decisions. Exactly. So when you read a little bit in Matthew 5, we read 29, let's read 30. If your right hand serves as a trap to ensnare you, or is an occasion for you to stumble and sin, cut it off. Cast it from you. It's better that you lose one of your members than that your entire entire body should be cast into hell. It has also been said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you, whoever dismisses and repudiates and divorces his wife except on the grounds of unfaithfulness 
Sexual immortality causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a woman who has been divorced commits adultery. Mm -hmm. So Jesus talks about sex sins in these verses, but Jesus gives us good advice about how to control other sins in our lives too. So we must follow these rules if we want to grow in Jesus. Jesus, that's right. That's right. He gives us these so we can make correct choices. Jesus isn't asking us to hurt our bodies. Jesus is really asking us to control our minds and bodies no matter what. And that's what we got to understand. Do you see that the verse, what we just read, don't say God will remove the wish from our hearts to do wrong. Sometimes God will remove this wish for us, but often God asks us to give up something first. Yes. Or he yep. may ask us to start doing something that we don't really want to do at all. And that he asks us to do is to pray. Exactly. Pray, Lord, remove these yeah. evil thoughts. Lord, remove this sinful thought. Pray. Prayer is the answer to sin. It is. That's what he asks. That's all you got to give up. It's to pray. And the more we make, we know they may be hard tests, but the more we make correct choices, we will become stronger. Then the wish to sin grows weaker in our lives. Right. right. And God sometimes uses tests and suffering to get our attention. So when we suffer, we often see how far we have gone away from God. Suffering may be God's invitation to us to make a big change in life. Right. Suffering also may help us to see the wisdom in coming back to, to God's plan. That's right. Amen. That's right. That, sometimes, is, that is very true. Sometimes you have to let us suffer in order to know what we need to be. Oh, and yeah. that's in God's hands. That's right. Because sometimes we don't suffer. We think we're doing all right. We think we need no help. We think we're not sick and that we're well. And God had to let us suffer to see that we need a doctor. Amen. You know... We probably go on, we're going to read a little bit of uh, Genesis 32. Genesis chapter 32. Okay. 32. Starting at verse 1. 32. So Genesis 32 is talking about Jacob wrestling. So Genesis 32 starting at verse 1. Then Jacob went on his way and God's angels met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's army. So he named that place uh, Mahanium, which is two armies. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, say, say this to my lord Esau. 
Your servant Jacob says this, I have been living temporarily with Laban and have stayed there to now. And I have oxen, donkey, flocks, man, men servants, and women servants, and I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find mercy and kindness in your sight. And the messenger returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and now he is on the way to meet you, and four hundred men are with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people who were with him, and the flocks and herds and camels into two groups, thinking, If Esau comes to the one group and smite it, then the other group, which is left, will escape. But Jacob said, O oh God, my father, Abraham, and God of my father, Isaac, the Lord who said to me, Return to your country and to your people, and I will do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercy and loving kindness and all the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff, I passed over this joy long ago, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray you, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and smite us all, the mothers and with the children. And you said, I will surely do you good and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. And Jacob lodged there that night and took from what he had with him as a present for his brother Esau. I'm not going to continue all that, but this is talking about Jacob wrestling with God. Yes. And we can now know what is right and choose to do the right thing. If you want to read all that, it, it's a good story. It's, it was powerful. So I'm not, it, it's a lot to read. So I'm going to start right here in 24 where it says, Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled him until daybreak. So, but when we are under pressure, we may find that holding on to God and his promises is hard. But that is why one of the important Christian strengths is never giving up. Because Jacob, when he wrestled with the man, which is says angel, he held on all night. Let's read 25. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and Jacob's thigh was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go Until unless you, you declare a blessing upon me. me. Yeah, Until okay. you bless me. Oh, Jacob said, <laughs> uh -uh, I'm a, I want my blessing for you let, before I let go. Yeah, yeah I ain't going to let go till I, I get so this blessing. So he didn't give up. That's right. So Jacob is one of the best examples in the Bible of not giving up. That's right. Jacob tricked his brother Esau and his father many years before Jacob stole his brother's blessing. 
Since that time, Jacob ran in fear of Esau, who wanted to kill him. So God gave Jacob wonderful promises of his protection and blessings in a dream about a ladder that touched heaven. But Jacob felt scared anyway. So Jacob wanted to know that God accepted him and was going to keep the promise made to him many years before. So as Jacob fought, see, Jacob was fighting. Yeah. Someone who was Jesus. Jacob hip popped out of joint. The pain was so bad that Jacob stopped fighting. But he hung on. In terrible yeah, pain, <laughs> Jacob held on to oh, yeah, Jesus. And Jesus said to Jacob, let me go. The sun is coming up. But Jacob won't let go until Jesus gives him his, his blessing. blessing. That's right. And I tell you what, that's what you have to do. I don't care how tough time may get, how rough this world may seem. Hang, Hang on, on to Jesus. That's right. Because he got a blessing for you. Because he said Jacob's blessing came because he held on through the pain. That's right. Through, through the, pain. the pain. And that's, that's what right. he tell us to do. We miss out on our blessings because we give up too quick. That's it. Because God don't give it when we think we ought to get it. But God do things on his time and not ours. And when we learn to be patient, and wait on God because he's God. We will get what's coming to us. Just like he said, the same thing happened for us. God God may also pop our hip out of place. <laughs> and then he will invite us to hang on to him in our pain. God didn't remove the scars Jacob got from their wrestling match. But Jacob continued to walk with a limp when he met his brother. On the outside, Jacob looked weak, but the limp showed that Jacob was strong enough to hold on to Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. I tell you. So we thank you for joining us right here on LPJ 64. We're going to play a song, come back with closing comment and prayer in our email address. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thumb. How many really thank the Lord for being alive here tonight?
change man in a mighty way. Man must work hard to change. Man must pray and not give up. He must give up wrong habits. Man will win the war against himself only if he works hard to correct his problems and do what is right. Many people never become what God wants them to be. Why? Because they wait for God to do for them the work that he gives them the power to do. All who become useful in this life must be trained by strict discipline. Yes, 
we must strictly train our minds and hearts to do what is right. And God will help us. God will join his mighty power with human effort. Amen. Amen. Now we have prayer. A mind to pray. Dear almighty and omnipotent God, our father, our creator and everlasting help. We humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for a mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. 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 And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. Thank you so much for joining us right here on LPJ each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. as we open the Word and learn some truths in God's Bible. So let's continue to strive and fight the good fight of faith to do what God has asked us to do. And if you need prayer or you have a Bible question, you can email us at rodtgina50 at gmail.com. And have a wonderful and blessed night. Be blessed.